0: Hello, and welcome to this week's MSPS podcast broadcast. As always, thank you for joining us. We hope that you have some burning questions that you can type into the comments section for when we get to the Q and A portion and that way we can address those inquiries. So this week we have yet another honored guest, and we are going to be talking about ways to enhance your hybrid and virtual events. So, with so much of us, so many of us reporting to work remotely and attending meetings remotely, it's easy to fall into a comfortable space and lose focus or inspiration. If we pose the question, how do we engage our remote attendees? We might generate some intriguing ideas. So, not only do we want the focus of our attendees directed to the event, but we also want that engagement. That can be by way of interaction, perhaps. Not all of these ideas want to be of the gimmick variety, although those are helpful too. So let's go down a short list. So in reviewing ways to engage attendees and keep them interactive, one way is to do that by interactive Q&A. So if you do that, the question and answer portion, much like our podcast, We like to broadcast live and invite others to join the conversation. So you can do this as well with your event to try to keep people engaged. They're a little bit more likely to pay attention and kind of get those creative juices flowing and maybe they have some questions themselves and you get the interaction among all of the attendees that way. So this allows them to have a voice and kind of keep the curiosity active. Another way to do that is compelling content. So of course your subject matter is important. I always go back to the same question. What is the objective of your event? If it's to motivate a sales team, if it is to showcase a new product or service, these are all important anytime you have an event, what the main objective is of that event. So we go back to that question and this is to be considered when developing your content. So when creating, stick to the interesting, emotional and memorable. Another way that many are exercising is polling. So many of our clients take part in having a live poll, more interactivity that way, keeping others engaged. You're also asking the audience for those opinions and there is no shortage of those right now. So polling is another way that you can do that as well. Also to be considered is production quality. So being virtual and hybrid event producers here at MSPS, we are big proponents of hiring a production team. And this is a big one for us. So definitely get the help. So you have a high quality broadcast. Not only do you want strong internet connection from where you're being broadcast from, but helping with content creation, um, really good graphics. All of these things are important to help the quality of your broadcast. So nothing can lose attention spans quite like poorly executed output. So the last thing that I'll mention is a fun gimmick. So don't discount those gimmicks. Uh, one of the in Vogue popular items right now are cocktail kits. We've seen those being sent to attendees, and people seem to really love that. You You sign up for the event, you get it in the mail, and they give you the instructions, they give you the ingredients, and you can mix in and join the conversation, and you're having a live cocktail just like you would at a mixer in person. So taking some of those tips into consideration, as you know, again, we always recommend hiring a very strong virtual event production team. One of the best ways to ensure execution of these ideas is also to hire a meeting planner. So you might not think of that in the traditional sense that if you're doing it virtual, virtually live, and you have the particular platform that you want to use, and there are many options for that, that you may not need a meeting planner, but that's actually a good idea to have one because they can help you organize it. That same ex that same execution that you would need in a live event, the meeting planner will help you do that. So today I am happy to introduce Liz Liebskin here with Red Velvet, and I'm sure she has some great ideas of her own given her experience. So Liz, welcome and thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so, Please tell us about your background. Tell us about your experience. Give us a little bit of background on on who Liz is and how Liz helps others.
1: Well, my experience—I feel like I'm a jack of all trades. I um, <laughs> I've done pretty much every single job that you can think of. I I studied theater, um, and I actually graduated college during the recession, so. Uh, around 2008, 2009, and I was very scrappy. So I have a background in service. I have a background in makeup design, uh, lighting design, uh, the theatrical arts, uh, but mainly it revolved around customer service. So that's kind of what brought me to Red Velvet. Um, I was managing a venue at the time And Cindy Lowe uh, spotted me and kind of carried me along. I was uh, doing uh, venue rentals, and we actually did uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, one of his last shows at our venue. Um, And with that uh, caught Cindy's eye, yeah. And so she brought me on the team. And so um, I started as a program designer, building proposals for clients. Uh, They saw potential in me, and now I'm an account manager at Red Velvet.
0: Well, that's what an amazing background! What cool things you've done in, in your career <laughs> span so far! It's been an adventure, like I, I never, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it, I would say that makes you well rounded. And I believe it's Jill of all trades, isn't it?
1: Oh, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, we can make up in it of all trades, who's my favorite.
0: But yes, yeah. I'm a Selena of all trades. <laughs> oh look at that. I like it. You one-upped it. So what are you seeing in this, this current climate of hybrid virtual events? Obviously we, right now we're not having events in in the traditional sense that we've been having them. What have you Mm -hmm. seen, um, just on your end for, for the things that you're producing and the events that you're having right now? Uh, are there some things that are standing out to you that you think have really engaged audiences and helped stay, have attendees be engaged? Yeah, um, so a few things
1: that I'm seeing that are really interesting, and, and one, um, one that really stands out um, recently is that people are really uh, focusing more on the human connection. Um, and while still focusing on their goals. So it's really important to to focus on who your audience is as humans, not just how they interact with your brand. Um, Everyone is in the same situation. Everyone's been home. People are, a lot of people have lost their jobs, you know. uh, So how are you actually authentically reaching out to them um, in an engaging way? Uh, One that I saw that was really interesting lately is uh, Oprah actually, and just kind of looping in production. Um, Oprah actually did an interview with Barack Obama on his new book and, uh, the production quality. I mean, I honestly thought when watching it on Apple TV that they were in the same room and it turns out, you know, like maybe a day later after the interview went live, it was actually just two green screens, two production teams in two separate places, but it looked like flawless and talk shows are now doing it. So they know that their audience really engages with them by seeing them, uh, two people face to face, having a conversation. It doesn't really hit home unless that really happens. And so it's really interesting to see the production level kind of evolve to get that audience engaged the way that they're used to. So I found that very interesting. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And what a great way to, to kind of marry both of those ideas, not only have yes. the feeling of being in their living room and having that sort of, I don't know, I guess you could call it familial, comfortable, you feel Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're in their living room with them, but you're also focusing on the person and that kind of warmth that comes from home. Yes, exactly.
1: That's
0: a, that's a great way to utilize a green screen. And, and we've been doing some things like that with our, we have an LED wall set up. So we're creating immersive Mm -hmm. environments and you can, you can stream them that way from there and take that picture and put it in. And and you can't, I, I love AR VR for that. That you can create, yes. manufacture that environment. So I'm so glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, I I really feel that the more immersive you are in the experience, the the more involved and in how it feels like 360 almost. You know, uh, the more engaged people are. And also right now, it's very important to keep things short. Uh, you know, people that are working from home. Uh, are fully online all day. And then you don't get to leave a workplace anymore. You are home. So you just go to a different room. And so the fatigue is real. Uh, I know people oh, yeah. are very grateful for their jobs, but it, it's very exhausting. And so recognizing that when you're engaging with your audience, knowing that they're busy, they probably have a calendar full of meetings um, and, and still trying to, uh, you know, make their business successful during this pandemic. You know, you you mm-hmm. have to keep that in mind when you are creating your content.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. And a lot, I think many parents are at home with their children as Mm -hmm. well. So having to kind of juggle that. And if you have something like a meeting or a big a multi-company, or not multi-company, but multi-attendee meeting that you have to be part of, and you're having to manage not only your normal duties, but also look after children and make sure that they're doing the assignments they're supposed to be doing, and try to stay engaged in your meeting. Yes, I imagine that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, and that brings up a really great point. Um, you know, especially uh, as an experi exper- excuse me, experiential agency. What we do is we really think about and we work with you to figure out, you know what does that look like? Uh, what are you, what is your audience going through as humans? you know to, are they parents? are they are they wanting to include their kids? Uh, are they not? you know Do they need a little bit of a break? How do we do that? How do we engage with them? And I know that you brought up boxes and deliveries you know, let's say we're working with a company and um, their, their values are really around family um, and uh, just, it, it, it's something you can't ignore when you're building out that concept. And so if, if it's a delivery, you know, how do we engage that family to make it feel like, you know, uh, parents can be a part of the content and also the kids in an authentic way as well.
0: Oh yeah, that's a great idea. I love that you that you all have thought of that. That you have that in your arsenal. That definitely oh, yeah. deserves it, to be thought of.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a must. Uh, and and going back to figuring out, you know, what is, uh, what are some things that I'm seeing pop up that have been um, awesome to see. Just is really when brands engage with their audiences, humans, and how they adapt their content based on that. Um, I'm seeing it a lot with, uh, you know, pop-ups that are happening that are also social distance, you know, people do want to get out safely, um, and, and it does wonders for the mental health, but also, you know, um, the, the activity and engagement has to be safe and, you know, how are brands doing that these days? I, I know we saw one earlier on and, um, I I, I apologize, I forget who the actual brand was, but, uh, to reach out to their audience, you know, it was like, your nails don't have to suffer in this pandemic. And they had a, uh, an actual like, uh, kind of truck that came out and had plexiglass and it was a nail artist and you could just put your hands in and it was completely sanitized and they just did your nails and you went home and went on your day. So it was, a it was still like idea. a human interaction, um, that, that really, uh, I know hit home for a lot of people and made it memorable.
0: Yeah. And bringing some of the comforts to you where you can come out. And I feel like we're in that kind of a strange dichotomy of this has been going on, of course, much longer than any of us anticipated. And Mm -hmm. now we're at this point where we're all starting to get cabin fever, I think. And, you know, we're ready Mm -hmm. to be normal again, that, that uh, overused normal and new normal, but how do you do that and stay safe? And I feel like. Thankfully, we've done some research over the last few months on how to do that so that we can have some of those kind of hybrid experiences where you can bring people out socially distanced and have all of those safety measures in place, but it does make right. what we do very unique and that we have to put even more thought into more details yeah. than we, even than Absolutely. we did before.
1: Yeah. It's, thought, it's right? changing the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's- it's changing the industry for the better. I think. I think a lot of uh, misconceptions that that people have is like, okay, well, we're going online or we're doing virtual, and it's going to take less time than it does in person. Or when we go back to the normal, whatever that means, it's going to take the right. same amount of time it did before, and it's not. Um, you know. Uh, I hate using the word pivot. Um, my team knows like me and buzzwords. I'm just like, it's a theater person in me. It's, it's just like, let's use a whole different word. And really, <laughs> maybe I can start a trend on this huh? um, but, uh, it's, uh, you know, the events industry and experiential I- industry, we've all been completely adaptable. That is our job. Uh, you know, whatever the client's goal is, whatever, you know, pro- all of our processes, we are completely adaptable. So pivoting is not something that I feel that we are doing, like we're not doing anything really differently with our clients. Yes. The end medium is different, but the thought process and, and the planning and ensuring that everything runs smoothly, that is all the same. It's, it's just adaptable to the new situation. Um, but one thing that I do wanna get across to everybody that's thinking about what is 2020, 2021. Oh my god, 2020. I just want to forget this year, but I won't. It's just uh,
0: been
1: so long. <laughs> <laughs> It's been so long, hasn't it? <laughs> it's and, so know, long. Like, we'll get through it and we're we're almost done. It's you know, when 2021 hits, it's still gonna feel the same. Like we're still gonna be in this. You know, how do we adapt to make things more engaging, and it's going to take time. It takes time from everybody's standpoint. It takes time from the client standpoint, you know, it, it, clients are going through a lot as well. Their businesses are going through a lot. And so you really have mm-hmm. to get to know what is, what's going on with them and get in their shoes. And that also takes time, but in the end, it's all going to be worth it if you just take the time to do it. Um, and, and it doesn't matter how fast, You know, as I know you experience as well, you have clients with quick turnaround times. So it's really about dedicating the the team to take the time, even if it's a short um, span of time to execute. So just something to think
0: about for 2021. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, I'm so glad that you bring that up. You're absolutely right. So that's, that is what you need is time. And we're finding that, um, there are creative ways to, I think one of the positives is that you can do a lot with smaller budgets, as far as creating immersive, uh, sorry, immersive environments with, mm-hmm. you don't have to spend as much because you don't have as many physical bits and pieces to put together. So that's mm-hmm. one positive note to it, but we are finding that there is quite a bit of time on the front end and pre-planning more so mm-hmm. even than we're used to. And you and it, it was a little bit surprising to us because I think, oh, you know, we know how to do this and and we're used to it. And then we thought, wow, this is this is taking a little bit longer than are we are you finding kind of the same in what you're doing?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and and just to give a little insight on why it takes so much time, I mean, we're not on site, you know, we're not all together. So let's say you are my production company, I have to communicate with you somehow, some way you know virtually or on the phone or text messaging you know whatever is going to be the most efficient for us uh, for the on-site days or the the event days but you know it that alone takes a lot of coordination and time to figure what that looks like the day of the event um you know uh, and that's why i mentioned like moving to 2021 things are just going to also take more time you know again going back to your your customers or your audience you know, it might be hybrid. They still might not be okay to travel, even if there is a vaccine. So, uh, you know, they might be high risk and not willing to take that risk anymore. So we have Mm -hmm. to then double up your time because you're doing a virtual and also in-person event. So just, yeah, again, this industry is very adaptable and we're very dedicated and hardworking. So I have no doubt that we're all gonna figure this out, but it's gonna take a lot of time, yeah,
0: yeah. You're right. We need a lot of time and brilliant minds like Liz who help us facilitate all of these ideas that we sit and take time <laughs> executing. hmm hmm <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, so I'm going to go to a Q and i I'm going to ask our <laughs> producer if we have any, you were talking about the, the communications and the time of communication so quick segue here we're finding that that's probably one of the most important things, um, in the virtual event world is having a back channel communication. We have Mm -hmm. what's called a virtual concierge. So we, we actually have a position that that's, that's that person's job is of course, you have your IT team and someone who's handling, if any of your attendees have any, um, issues with their internet or getting in and someone to kind of walk them through that process. But, but our virtual concierge handles the planning team, presenters, the speakers, because to your point, not everyone is in one spot. So you have these rehearsals that kind of span over a few days because not everyone can have the same day and time commitment like they would on site. So you have to mm-hmm. schedule these segments over a few days, especially if you have many presenters. So we actually have a position that, that that's what they do. They go and they manage your planning committee, your speakers, your, and they're the backline communication. So that way it can look as seamless as it can to the attendees. They don't see all that, that, but that back channel communication is so important.
1: It is so important. And, and just to piggyback off that there is nothing more horrifying than watching a virtual event that goes awry, am I right? It's just kind of like watching an episode of The Office. It feels like so <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> and it immediately takes engagement out the window. Whatever you wanted to accomplish, forget it. It's like, yes, we can adjust and we can fix it, but it's completely different than a live event. It's like you're watching a TV or watching a screen. There are certain things that happen in your brain when you look at a screen. And one of it is if something goes wrong or if I'm uncomfortable, I completely tune out and that's something to think about. And so production teams really, really help, uh, especially us as producers, like you just help us out immensely. So, for example, when I logged into this event, everybody, there was somebody talking to me saying like, we're going to go live. You have five. It was perfect. And uh, and I, I really appreciate that and taking those those steps to make the speaker feel comfortable because when you're, when you're live, you're live mistakes can happen, but you have to be adaptable and you have to adjust. And so, um, so yeah, just wanted to piggyback off that good point. Yeah.
0: Oh, and thank you. Thank you for the shout out. (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) yeah, virtual events going awry. We live in that fear of, uh, (laughs) letting that not happen (laughs) by having Mm -hmm. a lot of, okay, plan A, B, C, (laughs) uh, things like dead space. If someone has muted themselves and they don't know. And so we have that back channel saying, okay, don't forget to hit your unmute button because from here, we don't have you muted, but you have yourself muted <laughs> so you can yeah, hear us, exactly. but they don't hear you, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> exactly. An example. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, 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 backup plans are very important as well. Things like a fail mm-hmm. slide or, uh, any kind of music or just, ooh, we'll be right back. Like the little, little screens you see on comedy movies where they'll have the coming back in five the <laughs> <this laughs> little supermarket music because they don't they don't want you to see the uh the technical glitches <laughs> that's right so colin is our producer he loves it when i call him by name he's working behind the scenes do you have any questions for us that uh are lingering in the comment section i do so why do you think it is more difficult to keep virtual attendees engaged?
1: Why do I think? I think okay. Yeah, please, Liz, <laughs> take it away, take it away. Oh, I'm not, I'm not here to, to <laughs> I just didn't hear you talking. Um, I can start. Um, I think it's, it's hard to, get, we're all at home, you know, um, again, it goes back to watching a screen. You know, what do you usually see on a screen? You see things that you're interest, you know, it's just like your hobbies, your interests, you have YouTube, you have um, comedies, movies, things like that. There's something that happens within the brain that, you know, if it's business, it just, uh, it can be, you know, a little disengaging. Um, that's for some people, not everyone. But also it's it's fatigue um, and, and you have to understand that people are dealing with some stuff at home. Mm-hmm. It's a human mm-hmm. thing, you know? This is not, people can't see their families right now. They have to stay inside. Um, you know, some people thrive in that environment, some people don't. And so keeping people engaged while all of that stuff is going on is really difficult. Um, so that's kind of why I think it's a little bit hard to keep them engaged right now. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're on the right track there. Absolutely. And you are right about mental health. It is very difficult. I've in, in my so many years of living, I've yet to see this much uh, mental difficulty across a large scale because things Mm -hmm. changed on such a large scale for everyone so quickly and in so many ways. So if you consider the number of people who are not impacted by this virus and the things that it's caused economically and the way that we live and our health, just mm-hmm. all of those things to find someone who has not been affected in large ways is actually the minority. Um, mostly everyone that I know and that I talk to have been impacted in their daily life pretty, pretty uh, differently um, their life, they're living life much differently than they did before. So I think you're right. The, the mental aspect, the human is the humanistic aspect of it for sure. Uh, people are less likely to stay engaged, but also when you're having something like a live event and you have that main objective, whatever it may be. And you try to bring in things, no two minds are the same. So what might engage one might not necessarily engage the other. And to your, Mm -hmm. your point, if they're watching YouTube or playing video games or whatever it is that takes attention when it's yourself and you pull that trigger on what you are trying to engage yourself in, that's something that as a person, you, the understood you is very interested in. So that's going to hold your attention, but if someone else is hosting something And like you were saying, if it's business and it's kind of dry and it's, it's not very juicy, it's not like watching a drama that has all these characters (laughs) that unfold with these complex lives or whatever it is, maybe that's not interesting to some of you, (laughs) but whatever it is that is gaping, if someone else is manufacturing it, it's going to be different and, and the audience members are going to all digest it a little bit differently as well.
1: Right. And, it, and the brands that I've seen it do right, uh, do it right, the engagement piece is really just making things fun right now um, and, mm-hmm. and you know, how do you turn your content into something that is fun that people are gonna watch like they do on TV or something. For example, we worked with Rooster Teeth uh, to do a virtual rave and it wasn't just a DJ at home. Um, I, yes, it, it can be a DJ at home and there was a DJ at home, but the production value has to be high. So there has to be mm-hmm. lights, there has it has to feel like a rave and granted their audience is used to being online with their brand. So it was an easy transition, but at the same time, you know, uh, RTX, which is their annual convention, they needed to engage with each other. That's why they come together. They come together at that mm-hmm. convention for community. And so how do we it's make working. them feel? Yeah. How do we make them feel like they're a part of something and the production is really where, I mean, putting dollars in production is really, really important.
0: I could not agree with you more on that. <laughs> we've, we've done some of those, I believe just last night, we, we had a DJ here and we, we did a live stream. We've done quite a bit of that from our, our yeah. stage here with our LED wall. And, and that's, that has been popular. I think that gives people a way to be part of that immersive concert experience, even though we cannot really gather like that right now. So I think that's mm-hmm. been probably more so pop, more popular than I would anticipate originally. Yeah. Mhm. Do we have any more questions, Colin? How long do you think until things get back to normal? Buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Colin. This is a hard one. <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's really interesting. I was actually, I did, um, a social, uh, uh, distant, Event. I, I went to one yesterday, which was uh, the uh, release of the New Jersey kits for Austin FC. And so they had a van and we all were kind of like social distant queued to get to purchase the New Jersey, right? Um, not that I'm a, I am a huge fan of Austin FC, by the way, but, um, and they haven't even started the season, but I was standing um, in front of a few doctors that were waiting in line to get their new kits. And um, it was really interesting to hear their perspective of like the vaccine and how fast it's going to go. And their perspective is, is like, look, you know, Fauci says June, July, every, you know, if 80% of the uh, people in the United States get vaccinated, we could see what it's like to be back to normal as soon as June. Now, my perspective um, as uh, someone who really thinks about the psychology of things and human interaction. I don't think normal is a word to use anymore. It's what are we gonna do um, in the now? What are we gonna do a few months from now thinking about how people are gonna interact with each other? That's the way we should really be thinking about it. Going back to normal, that is not a thing anymore. People have experienced this and we can't forget this moment. Like we really can't. And how are people evolving is what we should be thinking about. How are we gonna evolve events and experiences to the way people are interacting in the future? Is the way I think we should think about it. And honestly, I don't think we're going to go back to normal. I think it's it's going to evolve. It's going there's going to be new challenges. People um, know what it's like to be home and experience things from home. Maybe they like it, and maybe you have to adapt to figure out. You know, like how do I reach them? Because you know, maybe they have. Um, you know, maybe they're our core audience. You know, how do I how do I still engage
0: with those people? Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I I couldn't agree more. I think too. Uh, with the mental health, what is normal to your point? It's, Mm -hmm. I think that our normalcy will change and we will slowly get back. And I think it will be slow. I think it will be a very slow and gradual transition to be more like life was before. But you are going to have those individuals, like you mentioned that have really gotten comfortable, not leaving their home very often. So maybe they're not as socially active as they were before, or have found the ease of the ease of use with just home delivery services and all the things we've made it pretty easy where you don't have to lo- leave your house, thankfully uh, with all this, because yeah. that became a necessity. But I think you will have that subset of people that have really enjoyed those conveniences and that comfort, and will probably want to hold on to that and two. It, we are changed forever. And some of us, especially with uh, the event industry, uh, many people, their economic status has changed. So that's mm-hmm. going to affect that they, the way they live, work and play as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Do we have any more, Colin? Uh, not at this time. And it looks like we're right about okay. 30 minutes. Yes. Perfect. We did it, (laughs) Liz. I think we were afraid we were just going to keep on talking and keep everybody here all day, Mm -hmm. and an episode, ironically, about keeping engagement (laughs) to attendees. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then why does the host keep talking? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well, Liz, please tell us. uh, Please tell the audience how they can get a hold of you if you need. If you need Liz's help, obviously she's full of wonderful ideas and is a great resource for helping you facilitate ways to keep your attendees engaged. Liz, please tell the audience how they can get a hold of you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm happy to share my email. My email is liz at redvelvetevents.com. And also please feel free to visit our website. We just rebranded. We are an official experiential agency. And um, I do have to brag that I cannot do my job as well as I can without my team. Our team is the, they are the most creative people on the entire planet. It is such a joy to work with them. They are the hardest working team in the industry for sure. I can guarantee you that. So uh, yes, please do visit our website, our Instagram. We're very active on there. Um, It's just red velvet events. Um,
0: So yeah, come, come see us, come visit us. Perfect. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you next time. So thank you. you. And I'm Candy, your host. We're here every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. Tune in in two weeks. We actually have a special guest coming from a coffee roasting facility. So when we're talking about hybrid events, we will have it set up to show you what a virtual stage, or I'm sorry, what a hybrid stage looks like, a live stage. And our guest will show us how to make a really good cup of coffee coffee for our hybrid event guests and to keep us fueled as we network when we go back into these. So thank you so much for joining the MSPS podcast broadcast. We'll see you next time.